0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good evening, family, and welcome back. It's so good to see you guys in church. Amen. All the guys ready to learn from the book of James this evening in your beautiful blue seats, not at home, not on the couch, but right here in church and all over the other venues. Amen. Come on, let me hear you guys. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, it's part three of the book of James, and isn't it amazing that we in the month of freedom, and so we're going to deal tonight with two areas that perhaps we need freedom from, and how we can deal with this kind of thing, uh, and it's things that we encounter every day. So the title of our message is called Favoritism, and we're going to deal with that. We saw in part one, Dr. Andre spoke about trials and tribulations and how we are to deal with those trials and t- tribulations. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then in part two, uh, teacher Paul spoke about that we've got to be doers of the word and the power of the word in our lives. And it really, the book of James is really also called the Pastoral Epistle. And if you want to deal with issues in your life, just read the five chapters of James. It's so packed with so much information that really it will just help you and set you free. So much information. And for the last two weeks, I've been really meditating on the book of James. And it is actually the Bible almost in one. You want counseling? Read the book of James and then we can come back. So let me ask you this. By means of introduction. How many of you have been judged in the past? I mean, you don't have to put up your hands because maybe you'll have to put up all ten fingers and your feet and everything else. All right. And we've been judged, right? Isn't that true? All right. We get judged every day. Maybe just by, I mean, just tonight I got judged by the clothing that I was wearing. I mean, you know. So somebody said it looks like a chessboard. You know, you can play chess on my pants or something like that. So, um, But fortunately, (laughs) I just shrugged that off, okay? And many times, people are judged. You did something, people judge you for what you did. Hey, how many of you know it's not nice to be judged? In actual fact, it hurts. It hurts when people judge you with the intent to be uh, uh, in malice and to hurt you. I remember someone said, that I was very rude one time. said, Pastor Johnny, I can't believe you're so rude. You you just ignore me. And and, and when did this happen? Well, you walked past me. You didn't even greet me. So, you know, I feel like you are uh, not acknowledging me. Uh, You uh, uh, are judging me. Uh, I don't know what I did. Can you please help me? And I thought to myself, I wasn't even aware that I walked past you. Now, you see, a lot of people judge because of what? I did in this case the person judge me for what I did, but they don't perhaps understand the why. I mean, some of you have family favorites, some of you have uh, 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 buddies in at work that, that you like more than other people, and so because they just gravitate naturally to that person, all of a sudden you start judging them or they start judging you. Well, you don't wanna be part of the crowd. Well, they're the in guys and I don't feel like I fit with those guys. And so you start with judgment or judging people. I remember it's happened to me even when I was at school. I remember as a, as a young, young boy in high school, You know, I would not always be the first guy to be chosen for, for, for PT or something like that. Uh, yeah, be on our team, Johnny. I would sometimes not even be the second or the third one. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I would be in the middle to the last. Fortunately, I wasn't last. <laughs> see kind of how judging I am right now. So how many of you know, I mean, and it doesn't feel good. Because I want, And just sometimes I thought, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll choose me first. And so we judge people on what they do or what we see. And we don't understand why they are behaving that way. So it's very, very very simple. In my case, I mean, I'm always so busy. I'm so engaging with things. My mind is constantly working, constantly working. And as I'm walking, uh, walking, I'm working and I'm talking to myself in my mind and I'm planning things and everything else. And you could possibly walk past me, greet me, and I won't even see you. Not because I dislike you, not because you're not the favorite, not because you're a great person. It's just the reason why is because there's something else consuming my attention at this time. And what we're asking is, before you judge, just maybe think, why would that person do that? And if we understand the why, then perhaps we can um, resolve it from there. You see, <coughs> then there are those that are not the favorite. We also have people in families. Uh, mom and dad would say, no, my firstborn, he's my favorite. <laughs> you know, and some people, now for most good parents, they would say, you're my favorite. And when the other one comes, oh, you're my favorite, you know. And this one, you're my favorite. But sometimes in some families or in some relationships, people would just openly say, you're not my favorite. I don't like you. You were born at an inopportune time. And you ruined my life. And all of a sudden you, you carry the burden and the scars knowing that you're not the favorite and having to challenge life and go through life like that. And the hurt that it causes and all of a sudden it just feels like your life is falling down. And now you get misjudged because of what you do or how you respond. So that brings us then to our scripture in the word of God. And let's go to the book of James. And I'm going to be reading from... James 2 from verse 1 through to 11. Follow with me, family. It says here, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over the other? Ow. That sounds easy. Let's go to verse 2. For example, suppose someone comes into a meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dresses in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Look what it says here in verse 4. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? We do that inevitably. We judge and we do have our favorites. But the Bible says, this is evil. And so when I listen to this, I realize, family, I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me. It's not you. Amen. Because you guys are on church every weekend. <laughs> and so we judge other people. Just because the facade looks different, all of a sudden, that person... Must have influence. That person must be good. That person must be right. And therefore I judge them in a favorable way. And I have favor towards that person. Whereas another person looks differently. And I judge them differently. Like a poor person. And say well maybe they don't have any money. They're not a person of influence. They mean nothing. And so on the outward appearance. I am making a judgment. And we do it all the time. Amen. Look what it says here. It goes on to say. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Amen, that's true. Go on. Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? And Then it goes on to say, but you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into the courts? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures, the royal law of love. In other words, we are not to judge anyone. We are to treat everyone, whether rich or poor, whether lots of faith or little in faith, whether visibly uh, um, rich or visibly poor. We are to treat each one the same because, you see, we are judging from the outside and we're making a judgment call. We do this all the time, family. If the rich person or a person in a suit comes to you and say, "Uh, please, can you give me a hundred grand? You must probably say, yeah, well, let me help you. If the guy, the beggar next to the street comes, you must probably say, no, I'm not going to help you. And we judge. It goes on to say, but if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. Wow, that is powerful in the history of our nation. From where we come, we as a people have judged other people, discriminated against them, and the Bible says it is committing a sin when we favor one over the other. And so we have to tread carefully as a church because we got a birth, a love equal. Everybody is a favorite, not one, not some, not maybe just you or you, but everyone is a favorite and not some to feel excluded. Amen? Are you guys with me, family? Everybody still there? All right, let's go on to say it to see what it says. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery... Also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. In other words, we can say, but I'm really such a good person. But when it comes to judgment, I'm full of judgment. That part I can't, I can't get rid of. But I'm such a good person. I can do everything else. The Bible says even if you're good, but just at one point you falter, it's as if you've broken all of the law. We can't choose. To observe these things and those things we cannot. Amen? So that's a huge mouthful from the book of James. Amen, family? I can see now, that's a lot of stuff. It talks about and it deals with two subjects. Judgment on other people and also having favorites. And in the process, saying to the other people, you're not my favorite. But here's the thing. We think when we say, uh, judge not lest you be judged. We think of that most of the time as God is going to judge them. But you know what? We are talking about you judging and then judgment from that person coming back on you. Are you with me? Amen? So we see clearly that Paul is saying here that we judge people all the time, time, and that is wrong. Furthermore, we show favoritism to people all the time, and that too is wrong. Look what it says in Matthew 7 from verse 1 to 5, and the Bible says this, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Now that, I thought, was always saying you won't be judged by God. But in actual fact, it's talking about you won't be judged by the person that you're judging or other people seeing how you're judging other people. I don't know about you, but it's true. You know, you want mercy, you must show mercy. You want grace, you must sow grace. Amen? And whatever you sow, you will surely reap. You show judgment, and you will sow judgment back. This is what the scripture is talking about. Don't judge. Now, how I'm sure if, if we read it that way, that it's not just talking about God in the end to judge us, but the people who we treat this way, that those people could in turn judge us, or other people could judge us. And now all of a sudden, your lack of judgment, your lack of grace, your lack of mercy, now when you need it, people are not graceful or Um, uh, merciful towards you for you will be treated as you treat others how many of you like to be judged no one how many of you like to feel the lesser no one so each time family when we do this let's keep that in mind hey this message is more for me than it is for you because there are areas in my life that I need to be careful that I don't become judgmental. That I don't perhaps have a favorite in the process. Amen? Now it goes on to say this in, in the next verse. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? We tend to do that. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that thing. We're always good to see the, fa- the failures and the problems of other people. But we can't see the little problem in our own eye. Amen. You hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. I know this is a tough message tonight, but it's one that we need. As a people, as a people, we need to band together. But we have bias. We have favorites. Now, at this time, I'm going to ask my my, my football team to come up and. Uh, So yeah, as you can see here, first of all, um, we have Liverpool on this side here. Any Liverpool supporters? Okay, not as many, okay. And then we have Man United supporters on that side. Oh, it seems like a little bit, these guys are not doing so well in the league currently. Okay, so that's maybe the reason why there's less supporters. But City's still doing better than you guys even. All right, okay, in any case, so we can see here. So let me just see how many uh, Manchester, Man United supporters here. Okay, and how many Liverpool supporters? Can you see what you did? You applied favoritism. (laughs) Amen? You decided, when you saw the shirt, you said, that's my team, that's my gang, that's my people, that's my team, I love them. Amen? That's exactly what you did. So you tend to gravitate to what you see, and then you support that team. Amen? You gravitate towards your person, your team, your relationship. What makes you support one over the other is your choice of team. You like this team, okay? This specific one, you like this team. They score well. You know the players. You love the players. You hate the players, okay? But it is my team. Thank you, guys. You guys can go. You can just leave me those jackets here, all right? Let's give a hand to, um, to the league. All right? So you have inevitably, by what you see, immediately on the outward appearance, you decided, that's my team. That's my peoples. That's the people that I know. It's because you see what you see, you like. What you like is what you associate with, and that makes you biased. Amen. But I want to tell you this, family. When I look at these two sweaters here, when I look at, for example, here I have Liverpool and here I have Man United here. On the outside, you can see clearly who these teams are. But if I then turn them inside out, then there's each have a designer label here. They have a label, all right? And so they're designed uniquely. On the inside, they are the same. Same company that made this one is the same company that they made this one. They have a unique label. And in the same way, even though people look on the outside, you have a unique designer label. You are created in the image of God. Amen. Amen? So we look not at the things on the outside. We don't look at them on the outside. Amen. Because you were created in the image of God. So like you're at CFC. This is my team. Amen. When I come into this church, I feel, unfortunately, a little bit of favoritism. Amen. Because I associate with them. But when I go out on the street and when I meet with anybody else in the world, I need to know we all have the similar label made in the image of God. No matter whether they're saved or far away, or whether they're serving God or not for serving God, they all have the same label created in the image of God. So let me then talk to you about four things that we can do so that we are not judgmental and so that we don't show favoritism in a negative way. Amen? So point number one is this. Let me go to the next one. First one is value people. The Bible says this in Philippians, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Wow. In any situation, family, I know it's our natural response to compare, especially the ladies. Okay, let's move on. I can see that one is a bit sensitive, okay? All right, so like quiet. No, 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 we don't. But just, I don't like that dress, or I like that dress, or I like those shoes, or whatever. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, okay? Thinking of others as better than yourself. Amen? thinking of others. It takes a very confident person to think of others as better than themselves without feeling diminished. Amen? That's exactly how we should act. Wow, that is great what you're doing. Great dress, great hair, great this. I don't know what all they look at, but you know, all those kind of things. Yes, and that's that's just awesome. Amen? But when we judge people, we are saying... I am better than what you are. You see, when I judge them, oh, well, that dress could have been better. It would look better on me. Well, not really literally on me, but you understand what I'm saying. Amen? I mean, that's why the guys were taking my pants apart, you know, this evening. Because they were jealous. They were judging me. And so I've got the upper hand now. Okay? So when you judge, and let me give you another example. When you judge that mom, I mean, many of us, we go grocery shopping, and we see the mom in the shop. And I mean, the mom has got a trolley. The trolley's already full, and mom is walking around, and there's maybe three kids with a mom, and the kids are going off in every direction. And mom is trying to grab this one and that one, and they're screaming and shouting. How many of you know what, I, what I'm what i talking about? You're in the shopping, you like feel embarrassed on their behalf because the little one is on the floor, and he's going and a temper, and it seems like the mom is just not... She doesn't care about what's happening. And she's just trying to navigate. And this one's running there. And, 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 and my thoughts is when I see this, I'm saying they need a good hiding. That's all that they need. Okay, I'm not supposed to say this. We cut that edit out. But in any case, they just need a good hiding. They need some discipline. Mommy, what's going on with you? Can you not see your children is upsetting everybody else around it? I mean, they're shouting and screaming, you know. And even you make those little gestures like, whew, that was a little bit loud, you know. And you judge mommy. They're tearing down the shelves. They need discipline. And mommy, can you not see what is happening? But you see, family, you don't know why this is happening. Because she is stressed out. It took all of her energy just to get up this morning. Because you see, she's a single mom. And the husband left her and the family has rejected her and said to her, we're not going to help you. We're not going to support you. And she's hardly making it through day by day because she's just burnt out. Just to get in the car to come to, to, to the checkers or pick and pay to do some shopping was hard for her. Took all the energy. And these kids are shouting and screaming and they got too much energy. Tearing down the place. And she just feels that she's just going to break down, and she's about to scream and break down. But she goes on because she knows she's got to be strong for the family. We don't see why that's happening. We just want to judge what is happening. And so maybe the solution is that I just need, maybe need to bend a knee and let me just help you a little one up there. Let me, let me just grab that package for you and just help you put it on the trolley. Do you want me just to, to move this along? And, and obviously, if there was a CFC person there, they would just take the trolley and say, hey man, why not just pay for your trolley? Amen. Amen. Being generous, showing acts of kindness to people wherever they're going. You see, when we understand that situation, and why is this happening? We change our judgment. Our grace goes up and our judgment goes down. Whenever you look at that, don't think those kids, they just need a hiding. But think, what is she going through? Why is she not going through? I mean, I see some of you parents sitting in the family room. And sometimes, and they, you just chilled out. I mean, you're just sitting there. Your eyes are forward. You're looking at the screen. I'm not sure if you're watching. But I mean, and your kids are running around a mock yeah And hey, not me. I won't judge you ever. <laughs> but now I know. Now I know. Man, you going through some stuff. And you saying, just give me 30 minutes, Pastor Johnny. I'm getting there. Amen? Amen? And so my grace goes up and my judgment goes down. Amen? In 1 Samuel, the Bible says, The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We are to value people. It's like a hundred-rand note. I've got a hundred-rand note here. And uh, this hundred-rand note has been used all over South Africa. Here in Johannesburg, perhaps, maybe in Cape Town, maybe in Kimberley, maybe in Durban by the sea. I don't know, but it's been used all over. And the same hundred rand does the same thing, no matter where it goes. Maybe this, this money was used to kill someone. Maybe this money was used to, to roll a joint or something. I don't know. Maybe this money was used for something illegal or whatever the case may be. But th- this money doesn't change in value. I mean, I can, I can do this or with it. I can stomp on it. You know, I can pick it up. I can crumble you. I can spit on you. But the value stays the same. So it is with us. No matter what you have done, your value stays the same. And your history has no impact on your value to God. You see, everyone that judges another, remember, they are valuable like you are. You think you are special. You think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. So are they. They are valuable. Look what it says here. They might not be valuable to you, but they are valuable to God. Amen, family? Point number two, all right. Accept people, all right? The Bible says in Romans, therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. I mean, you were nothing special. I mean, I remember when I came to the Lord, when when Jesus found me, I was in a total mess. I thought I could sort out my promise in life. I couldn't, all right? So um, the Lord found me, and he accepted me the way I am. He didn't say, oh, well, yes, a little bit, get, uh, sort that stuff out, and then you come. No, he accepted me exactly. He accept one another as we are, and it will give God the glory. I accept you the way you are. I have to. I have to accept you the way that you are. Because Jesus accepted all of us. And he accepted everybody he came in contact with. He made sinners comfortable in his presence. I mean, some of us, we make people uncomfortable in our presence. They feel the sin literally on them almost, you know. Yes, you're looking through me like I've committed. I know I did that bad thing, but now really it feels like you can see it. People must be comfortable in our presence. Yet at the same time, he would confront their sin. You can't confuse acceptance with approval. I accept you the way you are. I don't approve of your sin. Amen. But I cannot come with, I don't approve. if I don't accept. Loving the sinner, accepting the sinner, does not mean you approve of their sins. We see that Jesus had the three that was close to him. We see he had the 12 disciples. He had the 72 that he sent out. And to the three, he would be, he would be more with them than he would be with the 12 or even with the 72. Because he had to spend time with each in, in different areas, in the different things that you had to. So he didn't have the three favorites, like a lot of people would say, because that goes against what the word of God says. But the three, he had to speak more, spend more time with them. In the same way, he had to spend more time with the 12, and then with the, with the, with the 72. And with the rest of the people, the 5,000, he did not spend the same time. Because here's what the Bible says look what it says here. For God does not show favoritism. But time spent with people is to impart into them, to lead them and to guide them. It's not showing favoritism. You see, family, let me give you an example. I spend more time with my family than with you. So you can't say, yeah, you you favor your family above us. It's just the way it is. Because you do the same. And I don't say, that's favoritism. I, I, um, I spend more time with the ministry leadership team than with the staff. That needs my attention as well, but I need to work with a ministry leadership team so that we can get things done. It doesn't make them better than you. It doesn't make them better than anybody else. They are not my favorites. We just have to spend time together. Are you with me, family? Look what it says here. Accepting people is not about what you would do, but what God would do. You know, I don't want to accept people. It's not what you want to do. But what would God do? Number three, forgive people. This one is a little difficult for most people. If we don't forgive, we will stay in that place and we will grow and remain in pain. Jesus explains it well in Matthew. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive forgive your sins unforgiveness is releasing judgment on other people but God is the only one that judges look what it says here forgiving people is not based on your feelings but based on what God or God's heart what is in his heart I don't feel like forgiving them it's not about how you feel it's about what is in God's heart. And we try to imitate. We, we are created in the likeness and the image of God. We want to have the heart of God. We say, Lord, let me be more of you. So forgive people. So many people that remain with the pain and with the discomfort because of unforgiveness. Jesus forgave, forgave those that killed him. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. Number four, get close to people, get close to people. I understand it's physically distancing, but stay close. This is good, being in church is good. I don't know about you, but I just love it. This is what it's all about, where there's a corporate anointing where we get closer to people. And as we get closer now to that story of the single mom, it starts making far more sense. You see, when I judged her, what she was doing, as soon as I get to know why this was happening to her, I start to get closer to her. I start to get to know her. We begin to get close and to know people. We accept them. We accept this mom in the grocery store. We value her now because we know she's going through a terrible time. We're discovering more about her because as I start talking to her, she starts saying, thank you for helping me. Thank you for being there for me. This is what God has for us, family. That we are to accept one another, be accepting of one another. We have to step away from a world of judgment into a world of relationship. Come on. Away from a world of judgment, but a world of relationship. We have to get closer to people. People hurt us and they will let us down. They will continue to do that every day. But when you tend, after you got, if people hurt you, you tend to build that wall, and you and you and you and you push people out. And I'm here to say today: don't isolate yourself. Don't let things, judgmental, judgmental people, cause you to wall up, brick up, isolate yourself, and then you say, "I have no friends. I have nobody that cares about me." Because you're building up the walls and you're making it so difficult for us to penetrate in. You have no friends, you have no family, no relationships, no closeness. And you judge and you start to criticize. Just let the walls down. Just accept people for who they are. They, They will hurt you most probably. But just accept them for who they are. The antidote for judgment is pushing in closer to relationships. That's why we have freedom groups here in the church. So that you can be free to meet, free to discuss what it is that's troubling you. Free to discuss it with friends, free to have friends in a church. You're free to meet, free to lead, free to overcome, free for somebody to help you. That's what we do right here at Christian Family Church. Amen. Free in relationships. You can be free. You see, you'll never be free if you isolate yourself. You need people around you to help you. The Bible says in Luke 6:38, give you will receive you give of yourself for relationships you will receive relationships your gift will return to you in full press down shaking together and making room for more running over you know the scripture poured into your lap the amount that you give will determine the amount you will get back what you give in relationships is what you will get back look what it says here now let me just before I go to the scripture let me just say this what you put in you will get out so That scripture in Luke 6, 38, we normally use it in in, uh, in tithes and offerings. And yes, it is correct application. But I want to let you know that that verse actually here from verse 37 is actually talking about what you give to other people you will receive back. Look what it says here. This is now from verse 37 before Luke 6, 38. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Now look at this, verse 38, continuing. Give and you will receive. Give of yourself. Give of your time. Give of your relationship. Give of your forgiveness. You want friends? So friends. Be a friend. Amen. You want family? Be a family. You want things to change in your life? Be the change. Amen, family? Give and you will receive. Your gift, that gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, making more or room for more. The Bible goes on to say, in another translation says, and man will give into your bosom. Don't judge what they do. Rather decide. Purpose to understand why they did that. Amen. So this evening, wherever you are, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Wherever you are tonight, if this message is imparted upon, has been imparted upon your heart, you, you feel it's pressing. Pastor Johnny, I'm extremely judgmental, and I, and I have favorites, and I discard other people, and I cannot tolerate some people. Listen, if you cannot get your mercy up and your condemnation down, you're always going to feel like everybody in the whole world is against you. So tonight, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you need to forgive someone, wherever you are, you cannot walk in a relationship with the Lord if you have hatred towards someone else, where you're judging them or you're showing favoritism or discriminating against other people. So tonight, before I can even make an altar call for you to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to first of all stop with judgment and stop with discrimination or favoritism so if you are seated there in the place if you say Pastor Johnny I need to forgive because this pain is eating more away at me than what it is at other people and I become so judgmental and I have my favorites my clique my clan but no one else the Bible says clearly God has got no favorites we are all his favorites why don't you do the same why don't you Stop with the judgment. Wherever you are right now, I know this is difficult. I know this is difficult for many of you. But if that's you, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I just want to see, you can just put your hand up quickly if you're dealing with that. I don't know. Here goes my hand. There's some stuff that I need to deal with. I need to stop being judgmental about certain things. I need to stop showing favoritism to some people. If that is you, quickly, just show me. We all should have our hands up, I think. If not, then that's exactly the thing that you're dealing with. Amen. I see your hand. Thank you. So let's pray this prayer. Not get the altar call. I want you to pray this prayer. Are you ready? Say Say this with me. I'm going to ask everybody to say this out loud. Say this with me. Father in heaven, please forgive me for being judgmental. I forgive myself. Forgive me, Lord, from this day. Help me, guide me, lead me, direct me to be more of myself, to give more of myself and not to judge. Father, help me not to have favourites but to accept everyone equally in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that as I pray, I am free from judgment. In the name of Jesus, if you agree with it, come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Wherever you are, in all the venues and watching online and here in this venue, if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, because you perhaps you've been walking in judgment and maybe you've been showing favoritism and doing everything opposite to what we spoke about tonight in the book of James. But you want to make your life right. You want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Or you say, Pastor Johnny, I used to serve the Lord. I don't anymore. Or after tonight, I realize, hey man, I need to perhaps rededicate my life because I haven't been doing it the right way. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a couple of seconds from now. Or perhaps thirdly, my third invitation is, if you're not sure of your salvation, you need to have assurance of your salvation. The Bible says in 1 John 5:13 that you must know that you have eternal life. Now at any one of those three invitations, one, I want to know Jesus Christ. Two, I want to restore my relationship. Or three, I want to have assurance of salvation. Any one of those, raise your hand say, here I am, Pastor Johnny. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Show your hand to the Lord, wherever you are, over all the venues, thank you. I believe in Jesus' name. The hands are going up. You are watching online. If that is you, you want to restore your relationship, you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, then pray this prayer out loud with me. Now I'm going to ask everybody to pray this together. It's important because the Bible says you must believe in your heart and you must confess with your mouth. So say this with me. Father in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. He took my place. He took my sin and went to hell in my place so I can be free. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you from this day. I promise to serve you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.